Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here to give us a helping hand with that uh, fantasy football writer for the Sporting News, Vinny Iyer jumps aboard here on CBS Sports Radio. Vinny, how many drafts have you already taken part in? Well, thankfully only one because I like to wait as late as possible. And I think Saturday night is a pretty good indication why you want to do that because things can change all the way up through the third preseason game we know that we had a major retirement but there was also a relatively significant injury there as well with lamar miller going down so if you drafted uh, andrew luck or lamar miller you're already out of luck here for 2019 so you want to wait as long as possible even then last year we thought Le'Veon bell was going to play all the way up to week one he didn't play people got james connor late and they took the advantage there where all the Le'Veon Bell owners were just frustrated. So things can change in a hurry here. So as late as possible is the best. Oh, I was uh, just I was two picks away when Le'Veon Bell came off the board in my draft last year, and I was taking him. There's no question in my mind that I was taking him. So I dodged a bullet. Yes, uh, if you got to do it early, guys' availability, and just uh, if you want to do it with a certain group, and they got to do it on a certain night, you got to do what you got to do. But Yes, if you can wait to as late as possible. Shoot, I I played in drafts that happened the night before. Now they got that stupid Thursday night game. It used to be good when everybody started on Sunday. Uh, so you got to draft when you got to draft. Um, do you have an opinion on what the best format is to use as far as scoring goes? Because that's a key to winning a fantasy football league is to understand the scoring. If there's an edge to be had, if you can take advantage of that, you got a better chance to win. Different leagues use different scoring systems. Uh, what do you believe is the best standard system to be used by fantasy football leagues these days? Well, I think uh, I like a balance of everything. I don't want a certain player to be overvalued for not doing much, and that's why I'm not a big fan of full-point PPR. I don't mind half-point because it rewards – the running backs who have that in the repertoire, but also doesn't over-reward uh, some of these uh, wide receivers that catch five balls for 50 yards and you feel like they did something. I mean, that's a pretty average standard game. So I, I'm kind of like that. I mean, as a reality football person as well, I want something a little bit kind of grounded in reality. So half point seems to be the happy media there between the full and zero in, in terms of what scoring is there. And then, at quarterback, I think there's a debate. There's reasons to say six touchdown point uh, passes there or four touchdown point passes. So I think you look at both of those, and say those are maybe the things I tweak a little bit. Maybe this year adjust that. I mean, quarterbacks, the numbers just keep going up, so you might want to reward them a little less. I think four is still pretty good. But, again, uh, I think it's a mix of different leagues is the best. Like, if you can play one that's a standard, one that's a half PPR, one that has uh, a little different approach to uh, scoring uh, maybe defense and maybe one that totally does away with the kicker, I think it makes it more interesting if you have different type of league formats that you're playing in. All right. Uh, let me ask you this. this is a very general question. 
if you're trying to put together a fantasy league and you want to do it as close to uh, the, the actual play on the field in the National Football League and rewarding points and the like, I, I, I've seen uh, umpteen guys with their top 50, top 100, top 200 guys' rankings by position. But if you're talking about just ranking them for their overall point value and where you should take them and the like, a lot of guys, you don't get down to a wide receiver until you're deep in the top 10, if not out of the top 10, that running backs can be listed 1 through 6, 1 through 7. And that's just not the case in the National Football League anymore. Nobody has a team that is run first. It's all maybe pass less than some other teams, but nobody has a run first attitude, yet the top 5, 6, 7 guys drafted are going to be running backs do we have it wrong, or does National Football League have it wrong? Well, there's something that separates those backs that are early in drafts. I mean, these guys are the lifeblood of their team's passing game as well. I mean, Saquon Barkley is going to just continue to see the big targets of Noah Beckham Jr., Christian McCaffrey. He pretty much was their leading receiver in uh, Carolina. I mean, Alvin Kamara is critical to everything the Saints do in the passing game. David Johnson is going to have that type of role for the Cardinals, and Ezekiel Elliott if he returns, and we expect him in some form to return in not too long. I mean, he had a big role in the Cowboys passing game last year. So this is what separates those guys. Uh, when you get down to it, the people that are less interesting are the Derrick Henry types. I mean, you still need them, and there's some value for them, but you're solely dependent on what they can do as a rusher, and that, that can be frustrating. So there's not many backs that have that ability to catch passes a high volume produced there as well. And they're really just as big as part of their production as the running game. And if you have those backs and you know they're going to touch the ball 20, 25 times, they're the best asset because that's consistency that uh, wide receivers, as good as they are, they still need someone to throw to them accurately over their targets to produce. All right. Le'Veon Bell has taken exactly zero reps for the Jets this preseason and don't expect them to play next week. So he's going to be coming back having not played an entire year in the National Football League, uh, I'm a Jet guy, and I, I have trouble putting my rooting interests aside when I'm doing fantasy football drafts. Uh, I'm going to, uh, as I said, I was real close to taking him last year, and I would have. This year, I more desperately want him because he's a Jet, and I see him ranked in the teen, low teens, high 20s in drafts. Why do you think the bloom is off the rose other than he missed a year? Uh, for Le'Veon Bell this season. Did they not think that Jets are going to throw the ball to him out of the backfield? Yeah, this is this is funny to me because uh, there's just a lot of negative vibes about Le'Veon Bell where the situation says otherwise. I mean, they went out and spent some good money on him. They did some things to upgrade their offensive line a little bit. They have an offensive-minded coach uh, that knows that they need Le'Veon Bell to be busy in this offense in many ways. So, I think he's easily on the way up. Uh, I, I think I like it that they didn't put him in the preseason because some people are off him. Where I look at it on the other perspective and say, oh, he's healthy. He's not getting hurt. And well, that's all I want to know here going into 2019. So I, I think people, maybe the year off made people forget how productive Le'Veon Bell was and how much he carried fantasy football teams. I know it's a different team, different type of offense, but – when you look at the Jets, I mean, Bell's going to have to do a lot for them, and I think he's in good position to do that with Adam Gaze and an improving Sam Darnold. How much of all of the drama and divaism that we've seen with Antonio Brown, how much is going to affect 
his draft positioning, how does he fit with that Raiders system as compared to the numbers he put up in Pittsburgh? Well, I think everyone's concerned because Ben Roethlisberger, obviously there's a downgrade in quarterback. There was a massive volume for the Steelers last year. But the Raiders' offense has shown some good signs. I think it is capable of doing things. And Derek Carr, as uh, much heat as he gets, I mean, last year was pretty much operating with uh, Jared Cook and not much else. But when we see when he had Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, he was facilitating. He was helping both of those guys put their numbers up. So Antonio Brown, if he's healthy, he's going to put up the numbers. He's going to be pretty consistent. At the worst, he's going to probably give you seven to eight catches for 80 yards in a game. That's probably going to be one of his off games. But he's going to get involved. I just have good vibes about the Raiders' offense in general. I like that they have a number two that's decent there, Tyrell Williams. They've got a back there. Uh, Derek Carr just feels a little bit more comfortable in this offense. So Antonio Brown's going to see the ball a ton still will come his way. And uh, if he does that and he stays healthy, I don't see any reason why. He can't put up his not maybe his spectacular numbers, but very pleasing numbers if you took him as your first wide receiver, maybe 12th in that position. Fair enough. How much of a drop-off is there from Patrick Mahomes to whoever you have rated? And there's some debate as to who should be the number two quarterback. What kind of drop-off you're looking at between Mahomes and number two? Well, there's a significant drop-off now that Andrew Luck is out of the equation. And I think Matt Ryan, who finishes the number two quarterback last year, they don't want that to happen again. Their defense was so bad last year, they had to throw a ton. So the Falcons don't really want that. You have Deshaun Watson, who has a uh, shaky offensive line there that you're worried about there. Can he put up numbers? And Aaron Rodgers, we still haven't seen exactly what he's going to do here. This offense going to have more running involved in Green Bay. So there's all that to uh, question. So to me, it's either Patrick Mahomes rather early. And for me, early in any scenario would be the third round in a 12 team league. But then I'm just waiting because you got Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson and, and, other guys that have really good value, Ben Roethlisberger, Dak Prescott, it keeps going on and on, James Winston. So I think that position, you have so much value there that I'm not even going to invest in anyone special between Mahomes and that tier of quarterbacks I just mentioned. Fair enough. One name you did mention that uh, leads right into my next question, what kind of a season are you expecting from Carson Wentz, who comes back off an injury, is going to be in bubble wrap for all the preseason Eagles have a lot of weapons, and Carson looks in physical great shape. Could he play himself to a level of second quarterback in the NFL this season? Yeah, you look at Carson Wentz and Cam Newton, I think they're the highest risk and highest reward quarterbacks out there, and that's the tricky thing with both of them. You know the injury history in the recent seasons, and that should make you concerned a little bit because they're both big guys and move around a little bit, take Quite a few hits, so you're worried about that overall. The durability, recency bias doesn't speak good things about them staying on the field. So if you do that, that's fine for the Camus and Carson Wentz upside right there, I'd say, in the middle of the pack of the QB1, so QB7, 8, 9, somewhere in that range there that you could get the massive return on investment. But be sure to be ready to invest a little bit more on a backup plan wherever it is. So you might want to be one of the first people to take a backup quarterback with some upside if you draft one of those guys. All right. Uh, Depending on, say, a 12-man league, what round, and do you think there's a derivation 
between the top kicker, two kickers, three kickers? Where's the drop-off? Where does it make a difference for you? Where do you pull the trigger on a kicker if you're going to be the first one to jump? Well, to me, I think you go with the consistent guys who have range because usually that's where the kicker points are. You get In some leagues, you get the bonuses for the 50-pointer, 50 50-yarders 50 there, and uh, you want a guy that is going to get the opportunities but also make his opportunities. It's useless if a guy is getting three or four chances but consistently making only three or there and doing that. So I think you go with the usual suspects. I mean, Justin Tucker is a good place to start. I think you look at Steven Goskowski. He's pretty uh, consistent year over year. Uh, Greg Zerline uh, had a massive season as a kicker last year that uh, really helped some teams win some championships last year. So I think we start with Zerline because of where he ended up last year, still in that same Rams offense. I think Tucker Goskowski, solid picks there that you can uh, follow there. But overall, I'm waiting as long as possible with my last pick to take the kicker. And usually I'm not married to the kicker. I, if he's uh, having a bad game or two, or it's not going the way I think. I'm going to quickly change kickers and find a guy that kind of gets in the groove. I think last year, Kamai Fairburn was like that, where we looked at him, oh, all of a sudden he's making two or three field goals with long distance. Pivot to him, because th- there's always going to be some kicker like that that no one drafts in your league that you can pick up quickly if you realize that trend. And that works if you don't have two or three guys in your league that decide to do it the same way, and then you're playing roster uh, grab off the scrap heap every single week for your kicker. Uh, all right, last question, and this is just between you and me. You realize nobody's really, like, listening to the show right now, like anyone who could be in one of your leagues that you might still be drafting. Who's your favorite sleeper? Who's the guy that uh, in the leagues that you've either – you said you drafted in one, you're following others – uh, people put mock drafts up all over the place so you can get a feel for where guys would be in average, average draft position and the like. Who's the guy who you're seeing that you think is being woefully underdrafted and you're going to love the fact that you're going to get him because you think he'll be sitting on the board in just the right round for you? Well, I think uh, Chris Godwin has to be the guy. I know he had a very good season last year and there were some things to like about him and the way he produced, but I think he's being underdrafted because I think he could easily finish in the top 12 of wide receivers versus in the mid-20s there where he's going at the position. He's just in a position that we know produces high-volume passing game with the Bucks. They lose uh, Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson. A lot of uh, targets there available for him, and he's playing the Larry Fitzgerald role in the Bruce Arians offense. So, you know, look at the numbers for Larry Fitzgerald and that, massive numbers, and Chris Godwin, there's not a route he can't run, and I think he'll be awesome for a team that's going to throw a ton. I'm a Godwin fan, but I don't know if Jameis Winston is going to have the kind of season that some people are projecting. And that's the beauty of doing fantasy football because you got to factor in a bunch of things when you're trying to figure out what you guys are going to be able to score for the season. Vinny, good insight. Appreciate you coming on board. Thanks much. Good luck to your teams this season. Right, thanks, Jerry. My pleasure. Vinny Iyer, fantasy football writer for the Sporting News here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.